0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Apple. You might notice that you're not hearing a delightful Irish t- lilt, instead a California woman's voice. My name is Allison Sheridan, and I'm guest hosting on Bart's behalf while he's a- away taking care of his family. This uh, this wasn't intentional, but we've got a panel that is all from the United States this week. First up, we've got Antonio Rosario of Switch to Manual and the Street Shots podcast. How are you doing today, Antonio? I'm doing great, Allison. Thanks for uh, having me. All right. Glad to have you on the show. You're kind of a, uh, a regular around here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah get an old hat at this
1: all right and we've also got mark poley of twin lakes images hi mark
0: hello allison how are you i'm doing great i'm pretty excited
1: yeah. this is a, this can be so much fun yeah i think so thanks for having me on all right and finally rounding out our panel we've got victor Cahiao. he's a musician an amateur photographer and podcaster he's got a show called Terra tech that you can find at terratech.tech. dot tech hey victor allison how are you good to hear you again I'm good. Uh, I chose the three of you because I admire all of your photography. Um, I like to say I'm a maybe a high level snapshotter, and you guys are photographers, so um, I, I thought maybe you guys would be good people to come on to talk about a, a topic that I've been thinking about. I, I wanted to talk about smartphone photography today, and you know, as the rules are with Let's Talk Apple, I kidded Bart. I said, okay, I'm gonna start a a, a Nikon Canon war. Is when, <laughs> the one thing he said he would never one on a show so uh, abiding by the let's talk apple rules we're not going to argue gear but i thought it was important that the audience know that all four of us shoot with iphones we may shoot with more than iphones but primarily iphones from a smartphone category is that correct pretty much okay. Yep. Yes. Experimenters and other things, maybe. Well, so the the thing I was thinking about was I've started noticing since I got the iPhone 7 Plus that I've been picking up my big girl camera and Olympus EM10 mirrorless camera less and less often. And I'm wondering whether that's happening to you, more accomplished photographers as well. And I thought we'd start uh, talking about that. Uh, Victor, let's start with you. Have have you noticed that you're picking up your, your big girl camera less often?
2: Well, uh, my big, big girl camera, yes, uh, my, my full DSLR type camera, I just, I don't pick up as much. Uh, I, too, have the 7 Plus, and, uh, you know, the old saying, it's the camera that's always with me, so it is the camera that I use uh, most, uh, although I am very aware of what use case uh, I'm doing and what it is that I'm doing. I'm about to take a trip uh, where I'm going to take, you know, the iPhone for sure will be a primary camera, and then a small Canon um will be another one, you know, more specific uh, to video. But yeah, uh, I shoot a lot with the iPhone, you know, all all the time.
1: All right. Um, now, uh, Mark, you're a, a, you tend to do a lot of landscape photography and also grandchildren, uh, but your landscape ph- photography is what you're pretty much known for. Are you tending towards the uh, the iPhone more than you used to? And, and uh, are you noticing that you're using your other camera less?
0: I don't think that I, I don't think that I'm using my other camera less. Um, I when I when I think that I'm going to go out specifically for shooting, um, I will take the DSLR. Uh, but what I think I'm finding uh, is that I'm shooting more with the phone, if that makes any sense. So uh, I, I don't know that one has replaced the other. What I think has happened is that um, I didn't do a lot of what I would call photography using the phone that it was more just the convenience of snapshots of where we were or whatever, um, but now that I have the seven plus, I will shoot a lot more it, 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 a lot more in a photo, in a photographic sense where I'm really thinking about what I'm doing, and oh that's a neat scene. let's see what the phone can do with it. Does that make sense? what I'm yeah, saying yeah yeah, so
1: so maybe you're taking more total photos and looking at that as a camera more than let me just capture the moment.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Looking at looking at it more as a camera, but not necessarily using the DSLR less.
1: Okay. Okay. So additive, not necessarily the the balance shifting. Uh, how about right. How about you, Antonio?
3: Well, in, in full disclosure, I I have moved away from DSLR almost completely and have moved to mirrorless cameras. So <laughs> it's just um, and mainly we're on a, a slippery slope, reason. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, and also for the main reason that you're talking about, just the DSLRs are sort of becoming. Uh, a bit cumbersome to take with me on a day-to-day basis. But uh, I carry around a mirrorless camera all the time and I carry around my iPhone all the time. And I'm, am I the only one here? I'm, I don't have a seven yet. So, so I'm the odd person out. I still have my six S.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, you've yeah, still got optical I, image stabilization or did you, the plus or the S?
3: No, I have the the S, and it doesn't okay. have, I have a steady hand <laughs> and it actually has a, you don't drink enough. It has a, <laughs> no, that might change by tonight. <laughs> um, the, uh, the success I think has, uh, uh, electronic stabilization, at least it does in the video. Um, I've noticed, but, uh, it's a, it's a very decent little camera and I don't think I'm using it any more or less than, um, uh, I have in the past with any of my iPhone cameras. Um, I, I use it for specific things. Um, But I don't use it really in replacement to my big cameras. Um, There's there's a bunch of reasons and form factors. One thing, the limitations of the sensor and whatnot. So, um,
1: I have noticed it uh, a perfect example my, my grandson turned three months old and my daughter said okay mom I want you to photograph the, the the thing now is that you take a picture at a month and two months and three months and you put a little stick around the kid or a sign behind him or whatever and you document that because you're uh, a fan of Pinterest and uh, so she wanted me to photograph it and she knows I'm really into it and everything so I brought my camera down and we and we set the kid up and we put up the little sign you know and I'm shooting away shooting away and while I'm doing it she's using her iPhone and this is uh, she just got a seven plus. She was using a six, and uh, she was shooting away. And when we got done, we liked the pictures from her iPhone better than the ones I had taken. Now that might be a reflection on my photographic skills and her better eye, which I've always uh, conceded she has a better eye than I do. But I've I've noticed that a lot of times where I'll struggle to get my my big girl camera to do the, the a, a proper photograph the way I want it to be exposed, and the iPhone will do it without me trying.
0: I, I'll agree with that. I mean, I th- that's sort of the experience that I'm having with the with the phone is that it's so convenient and it's taking such good pictures that it's it's way easier to pull the phone out and set it up and and do what I want to do as it would be to uh, to go get the DSLR and set it up and make sure the settings are right and everything else. And it's so unobtrusive, uh, particularly around the, taking pictures of the grandkids or things like that. Yeah. But the quality is so good that I don't feel bad about using the phone instead of going to get my good camera or the the better camera or the big camera or whatever we want to call it. So I I totally agree with with you on that, that, that I'm seeing that kind of use with the phone um, a lot more for me. I wonder
3: if some of that is the ergonomics of the phone too. I mean, we're all getting up there in age and <laughs> and, and having a huge screen like that uh, on a phone, like I'm guessing on the seven plus, but even in my six s, having a nice big screen to 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 um to frame and and compose with is I, I find very helpful in general. Part, part I wish that I would have a big screen on my on my smaller cameras.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's part of also... oh, I I think part of it is also the tactile experience of the iPhone, you know, that that screen that makes it so easy to pick a focus point to, you know, lower the exposure, whatever it happens to be. It's very natural and it's not intimidating. I think at time with our other cameras, you know, we we have a disconnect uh, between, you know, the settings and what mode am I in and am I shooting manual and all of these things, which doesn't um, lend itself to that you know, capture of that moment just instantly. And with the iPhone, at least for me, I tend to just take that snap and not worry about it, knowing that, you know, I can do a pretty good level of uh, post-fixing if I need to tweak a couple of things. So I think the tactile and visual aspect, like Antonio was mentioning, is a big part of why we just have a, it's an easier, uh, you know, there's no barrier to entry to just push that screen and, and make it happen.
1: You know, Victor, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't actually thought about that. So on on my phone, and I think this is true of Android as well, I want to expose on this flower that's on the left-hand side of the screen. So I tap the, I tap the screen and I might drag up and down a little bit in the north. Normal camera app to change the exposure a little bit and then I, I hit the button to go. On my Olympus, which is small and light and delightful and a beautiful lens, I have to press the center button then press the little toggle left right up down until I get it moved over to the left hand side or i can do it with my finger cuz has a touch screen but then i have to make sure that i don't accidentally also take the picture when i press the screen cuz it has a mode that does that so you know all of a sudden that's just this giant friction but in between you and the and the photo where like you said you just touch the flower right mm-hmm. with the, with the phone yep yep and it can be that easy, you know, for a user that wants to just use, you
2: know, the stock camera app, it'll do it. And if you want to get more complicated, I'm sure we'll talk about some other apps where you can get as complicated as you like and hopefully be able to save some sending so that when you go to that favorite app, you don't have to start from scratch every time because that also can be, you know, a barrier. Um, and I think that also applies to our quote unquote other cameras.
1: Another thing in in landscape photography, and and I was uh, thinking you might be able to answer this, Mark, is I I used to take – Panoramas with my with my DSLR, and I learned from somebody somewhere is that you take a picture of your hand facing one direction, then you take you go shoot 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 shoot, and then you take a picture of your hand facing the other way. Take a picture of that, and that way you know that was a panorama. So you're not going, why did I take five almost similar pictures? And then I would bring them home, and I would fight in stitching software, and they got better and better and better at it. But now I go, oh, let me take my iPhone up. Okay, it's perfect. You know.
0: (laughs) Well, do you do panoramas? I do, and I have a real a, a real life example of that from last October. I visited uh, Niagara Falls and i had I got to a location where I thought, well, this would be a really good panorama. I set up the tripod, I put my uh, dSLr on it I did all the things that you 're describing so that I made sure and uh framed it correctly so that when I got at home and did the stitching that it would line up basically well, so I really worked hard on on creating this panoramic. Uh, picture with the DSLR and obviously I couldn't see what the results are going to be because I had to come home and, and do all the work while I was there I also did a panoramic with the iPhone actually did several of them obviously really simple to do really fast I did several of them came home did all the work on the DSLR ones and to be honest couldn't really tell the difference, and the ones mm. that I the ones that I shot on the iPhone were perfectly well stitched, and you know the colors and con- everything, the exposure, everything was great. So, yeah, I mean a lot of work <laughs> for not very much reward. So I don't shoot a lot of panoramas, but but that was a really good example of yeah the I mean the phone is just it's so much easier to do, and really the quality is does not suffer at all. I suppose if I did a lot of panoramas and wanted to print them or something, maybe I, maybe the quality would fall down. I don't know. I mean, those were, those were just pictures that I was going to share online or share with family. But um, for what I was doing, there was, you know, the phone ones were great and a way lot easier.
3: There's a, there's a little caveat to the panoramas, uh, at least on the iPhone. So it's very good during a uh, bright light, but when you have a mixed light source or when the light goes really low on um, the panoramics tend to suffer a bit because if you notice when you switch from still picture to panorama, it almost goes into what looks like a video mode. The exposure on the on the screen goes down a little bit, um, so it works really well in bright light. But when I'm trying to do like sunrises or sunsets uh, panoramics, it it tends not to work as well. Um, what, so, if, what effect do you see? Well, the screen actually goes dark. It's almost as if the um, we're losing some exposure on the mm-hmm. camera on the iPhone camera. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to when you turn on the video mode on a on an iPhone. The, the, notice the exposure changes a slightly in comparison to the still picture. So it actually goes down a little bit. And when you're doing the panorama in low light, it always tells you to slow down a little bit because you can't move that the the camera too fast. Uh, otherwise, it will blur the picture. And so I found in certain lighting conditions, the panoramic features on the phone uh, on the iphone doesn't work as well as actually shooting it with a real camera so bright light conditions it's great but i think there's mid the sort of dusk tones and dark like dark rooms like if you're trying to do an interior panorama uh it's it's
0: kind of hard to do
1: interesting i i had never noticed that i'd Tried be really curi- i'd yeah.
0: be really curious because it i i don't know the science of of the cameras but it it might actually be in video mode instead of still mode because <laughs> it's keeping that keeping the sensor on and keeping the exposure going i'm wondering if that's why it does that that you're perhaps sort of, yeah. yeah
1: but it's a i think it's higher resolution than well these do 4k now so 4k is four thousand high so i don't know does that does that correspond to whatever it is what's the uh what's the camera now is it 16 megapixels
3: it's still 12 megapixels. So it's 12? So it's, mm-hmm. okay. it's a, I mean, if you just rough it out, it's 3,000 by 4,000. Okay. Uh, 3, so it's 4 no, Short side, or- 4,000. Yeah. So when you do a panorama, the highest, you know, the highest side is 4,000 pixels. And then whatever the length is that you do the uh, panoramic for. it so, says that the 4K decent.
1: video is higher then. No, because you would, well, No. Well, if it's 3,000 by 4,000, that's 4,000 wide.
3: That's when a you, still. That's the still image,
1: right? right? But a but a video, a 4K video, or is a 4K is that the two sides multiplied? Maybe I'm getting mixed up. No,
3: 4K is the horizontal. Uh, I guess the horizontal resolution. The so, so yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are supposed to be smarter than me. <laughs> math well, math is hard. <laughs> it is hard. I just take pictures. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. it's well, like
3: knowing how to drive. I don't know how the engine works. 4000 pixels well.
1: vertical. No, I was right. So 4000 uh pixels vertical is 4K. So if that's higher than uh than 3000 high, it must 12 megapixels must be
3: Well, I'm, I don't I'm thinking know. Thinking
1: when you take when you hold the camera horizontally and right? when mm-hmm. you're taking
3: a still picture. Mhm. Right. The long side is 4,000 pixels. The 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 short. The long side is 4,000 pixels. The short side is 3,000 pixels. That equals okay. 12 megapixels, right? Three right. times. Right. Oh, That's right. right. So. Okay. It's interesting. I don't know if it's taking a one-to-one when it's doing 4K. This is a very good question. Because uh, a 4K image, well, it's actually probably less. Because 4K, there's, there's a lot of different 4Ks. 4K could be 4,000. It could be 3,800 and. 20, I think there's 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 some room there sure. uh, for what we call what we call quote unquote 4k so <laughs>
1: let's make sure we're as confused as possible I'm looking at the specs online at Apple it says you can also take eight megapixel still photos while recording 4k video on the iPhone 7 that makes perfect sense that's cool Victor you should go do that and then tell us how that works out <laughs> okay <laughs> you know you will so, one thing we sort of mentioned a little bit of, and I wanted to ask you guys, uh, how important is the optical image stabilization in a, a camera phone of any type? I know that the 6S Plus had it, and now both seven models do. Uh, is, that, is that important to us? I think it's hugely
2: important when you're talking about video. You know, I think it's less important when you're talking about still photography is um, – Antonio mentioned you have a fairly um, steady hand, uh, even when you're shooting. If you're shooting completely manual with a phone and using, you know, a very low shutter speed, I mean, you do need some stability. But when you're shooting video, it's just another world. I mean, being able to shoot with stabilization uh, on video um, <clears throat> makes a huge difference. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things I miss most about the Seven Plus, and now that we have this great two X camera with the 56 millimeter, is that the 56 millimeter doesn't have stabilization. Oh, it does. You know, so just no, the zoom? Only, only, the... only the 28 millimeter has stabilization. So, so I miss that very much. Uh, but, but just kind of an aside, a, a great hint for those of you who don't have the pluses, and if you're doing video and want to do stabilization, put the camera in slow motion mode and shoot in slow motion and pan faster and then when you get it to your uh movie program whichever one you're using iMovie or uh then you can just simply use the variable speed on that and your and your pans will be so much smoother than just using you know the 1x camera
1: <laughs> okay that's a weird tip but that's a, that's interesting give it a try it really works well are you talking I, about I actually would... switching it while you're moving no 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 you you actually
2: shoot your video in slow motion mode Okay, so let's say you're doing a pan shot, okay? This is where stabilization, you know, helps you. So by shooting in slow motion, and so now instead of doing your pan at the normal rate that you would do <laughs> your pan, if you double that or something, then when you bring it into the uh, to the iMovie and you speed it up there your PAN will be smoother. And part of the reason for that is, that is because it's going to use, you know, the bigger sensor and the, and the bigger size to give you some of that uh, image stabilization through software instead of hardware. And therefore, you know, if you do it, you'll see that it really does work. It's, it's quite astonishing, to be honest.
1: So, Antonio, you were going to say something?
3: Yeah, I was just uh, holding off for the ambulances going
1: by.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh But I was going to say that there's, there's two issues about the stabilization. First, Victor, with your technique, if you pan too fast with a, uh, uh, an iPhone camera, you'll get jelly cam on vertical lines. So because of the way the, the sensor is scanning, if you pan too fast with an iPhone, you'll notice the vertical lines go wibbly wobbly. So I don't think that gets fixed by uh, shooting in slow motion.
2: It, so, it doesn't. And if you exaggerate it and you're dealing with a lot of, uh, if your image has a lot of vertical lines, like light poles or something, you can see some of that. But generally speaking, if you're just doing it, uh, let's say you're just shooting somebody who's skateboarding or something, uh, it, it really, it makes a difference. And it's not, uh, it's not too bad. I, I, you know. Well, yeah, if you're following somebody, yeah, if you're following exactly. the
3: subject, you're you're, you're not going to see the jelly cam because the subject isn't moving in speed with the, uh, with your pan. And uh I wanna just throw out I don't know why they don't have optical stabil stabilization on the fifty six millimeter. If anything, it's the fifty-six millimeter part of the seven plus that needs it because it's slightly telephoto. No 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 and you need it Oh, did wait a minute. That's is, what is that's that what you what, said, that's Victor? What Victor said that's that correct. No, the two X no does not have
2: image stabilization. Only the one that's X. where you need it
3: the most. Because anytime you increase your your um your focal length, you are increasing the uh, vibration, the possible vibration. And so that's where you need it the most. The wide angle shots, you you almost don't need stabilization for wide angle shots.
1: Yeah, um, that does sound counterintuitive.
3: Yeah, so it's, um, that's, wait
1: that's a kind minute. Of,
0: I think he's right. That's what I read too. No,
2: it, it's absolutely yeah. right. I just yeah. uh, I did some fact checking in the spirit of our season and uh, in a DP review, it says yes, the iPhone 7 Plus dual cam only offers stabilization in the wide angle lens.
1: Okay, so the uh, and that explains why when they talk on the on the specs about the iPhone cameras, it says optical image stabilization in both models, the seven and seven plus, because they both have the the uh, 28 millimeter. I have noticed when I've zoomed up if I go past the two X that it gets pretty uh pretty bad looking. It looks like I got the shake something fear, so that must be it. I think I think the stabilization really will,
3: will help a lot when you're doing the when you're shooting with the phones one-handed. A lot of us try to do mm-hmm. one-handed selfies or you know, you might be hanging onto a railing and you know, with one hand and holding the camera with another doing some kind of crazy angle shot and any kind of stabilization is going to, is going to help, uh, at, you know, at whatever focal length you have. So, um, it, it's great that they have optical instead of electronic because optical is actually moving the lenses.
0: Right. Um,
3: and the sensor ends up being slightly bigger so that it, the lens can cover, um, the whole, uh, motion, um, rather than, electronic which is creating
1: it has to crop uh, new it, right.
3: pixels. It, it has to crop it and it creates new pixels. So it's right. interpolation. And then there's also a delay on that on those kinds of stabilizations because it's creating the image. Um it's very minor, but it's still there.
2: Yeah the other trick in, in videography for a non-stabilized uh camera like a 6 or a 6S, is, you know, to go ahead and shoot in 4K. Shoot your video at that higher resolution for that filming where you're going to have or need the stabilization, because then when you bring it into your editor, you can then edit at 1080p, and you've got 3,000 pixels to work with in order to get rid of the stabilization and
1: to do a cropping factor, which will make it look a lot more stable. So in that case, though, it wouldn't make up pixels. It would just crop out pixels, right? (laughs) Right. You're just, you're working with almost a
2: double size of the image. So it's what it's doing. It's doing a a zoom, a digital zoom, which is lessening the stabilization. So it's a, it's another great way, not just to get rid of stabilization, but you know, if you ever want to just zoom in on a video image, uh, let's say if you shoot with 4k, now you've got that entire area that on your video program, you can now zoom into a specific area and pan in or zoom in and get a lot better resolution out of that same image as than as if you would have shot it at only 1080p. So those okay. are the right times to shoot in 4K.
1: So just to make sure people also understand uh, something Antonio said talking about a one-handed selfie, he's talking about a one-handed selfie where you have the the good camera facing you and you're doing it blind from behind. Uh, the FaceTime uh, HE camera, at least on the iPhone 7, uh, says auto image stabilization, which I assume means in software, not in hardware. Right, right. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure I understood. Yeah, so I made I'm it talking sound about that like...
3: one-handed where you grab the phone and you're, you're, you're trying to use your thumb to hit the volume control. To... Except
1: you, you do it backwards and you hit the power button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or even just those weird angles where you you know you have to put the phone down and you really can only use one hand and and so you can't stabilize it with two.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So we started talking about uh, the higher resolution stuff, like the four K video and the twelve megapixels. Uh, is that one of the reasons the the higher resolution uh, cameras? Is that one of the reasons we're grabbing it more often? You think?
3: I I don't, oh. I don't know. I mean, for me resolution uh almost doesn't matter especially with the kind with these cameras you're sharing them mostly online and i don't know anybody who's sharing you know a one-to-one 12 megapixel file on you know you know facebook or anything like that so um to me it's not it's not so much the resolution that i'm i'm going for
1: yeah
0: i and i i was Really thinking almost exactly the same thing that Antonio was saying, which which was I don't know that I care what the what the resolution is. I I'm mostly worried about the quality of the images. So whether that's twelve megapixels or really good software or really good lens or whatever, I I don't think about the numbers as much as I do the quality. And and it's just that the quality has advanced so much and gets so much better.
1: So you don't think that quality is because we have
0: more megapixels. Well, I think it's part partly that, but I, I don't know that I don't know that I was sitting back and saying, you know, this eight megapixel camera is okay, but I can really start shooting some good pictures when they get it up to twelve. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I, it's it, you know, it's whatever the whatever they stuff in the phone and then and then get a good result. I, I was you know, i waiting around for the result or waiting around for the conven you know. The cameras are just getting so convenient and so much better. And uh, kind of going back to your original question on how important is optical image stabilization? Well, I'll tell you that I vote with, you know, I I answer that question with my wallet. It wasn't enough for me to buy the 6 Plus, but the two lenses was enough for me to jump to the 7 Plus. So, Hmm. you know, what do I see as being important? And uh, I see the quality that we're going to get out of the out of the zoom or the quality out of the two lenses or the portrait mode when it comes, that kind of thing. That's that's what impresses me more than throwing out the numbers and saying this is how many megapixels it is.
1: Well, do you guys know why? Well, my observation has been going from the six to the to the seven plus my pictures and very definitely my video is way sharper way sharper. i mean just noticeably i'm like wow they just it looks really crisp is there i don't think it's my imagination well those i think they're each
3: iteration of the camera on that they're getting better optics and to me that is what uh you know that is a main factor of getting you know the g it grabs the light and it brings it to the sensor and I think the lens quality has just gotten better and better and better. I mean, I'm I'm fairly impressed with the 6s lens. I look at it and I enlarge a picture and I sharpen it a little bit, and I'm like, wow. I mean, that's it is you know, and corner to quarter sharpness
1: on these things. It's amazing for something that small. See, I wonder um, whether it's more in software though, because I've seen descriptions of other uh, cell phone cameras, and I'm not going to name any names or anything, but where they put a, <laughs> you know, a Zeiss lens in it, but they had bad software, and so the photos are muddy or they're 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 not sharp. Oh, um, well, I wouldn't say
3: it's, you know, I would say that
1: contributes for sure. I'm thinking um, processing has a lot to do with it, though. No.
3: Well. Well, lately I've been shooting, since we've got the iOS, uh, iOS 10 update, um, I've been shooting some raw files with mm-hmm. the camera, which is uh, pretty amazing, surprisingly. Yep. I was, and amazing. I'm looking at that, and that's a raw file coming off the camera, so there is no processing involved. It is the raw, supposedly, the mm-hmm. raw data that's coming right off the sensor. And I'm still looking at an a incredibly sharp image. Um Maybe a little, a tad noisier than I would uh, prefer um, for a file, but not, not bad at all. And compared to earlier digital cameras I've had over my lifetime, uh, you know, fairly high quality, but still high, you know, sharpness. And that's with no extra processing.
2: So... I think it's important to remember that just like any other regular camera that we use, you know, every camera has a profile for the JPEGs that they are displaying to you that is tuned both to the hardware and the software that that camera is using. So the iPhone is no different. You know, they're doing some magic behind the scenes to display the picture to you to reduce the noise by a specific amount that they have determined is right for this camera. And so this is what we're seeing when we see the high JPEG, as opposed to what uh, Antonio was just talking about. I mean, if you want to see the difference of that Apple magic and software, you know, shoot and raw, and now you're seeing exactly what the sensor is seeing. And yes, you're going to see wow, this camera is a a little noisier than than their uh preview is showing me or that their magic is showing. And then the second thing on the new iPhone uh, I think that really plays into this Allison is, you know, the the uh wide color gamut display that we're looking at. You know, we are looking at colors in a much much more realistic manner than we were in the past, and I think that also adds to the experience. Unless of course you were talking about seeing your pictures outside of the phone.
1: So I'm giggling a little bit here because I had an outline that I didn't share with uh, my esteemed panel. And it's like you guys are reading it. I have a <laughs> I have a thing here that says raw. And right after it that, it says, can anyone explain color gamut color space to me? So, Victor, what what does that mean? I, I don't I don't completely grok that i know i should take raw and i do and i take my pictures in and i know i can fix color uh, white balance problems but i don't know what this wide color gamut thing means and what color space means and why i care
2: Okay, and I'm no professional on this, so uh, I'm going to defer also to Antonio on this. Uh, first of all, I, th- I think your statement uh, around that I know I should shoot raw, I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, just ask Antonio how he shoots most of the time with his Fuji camera.
1: Oh, I don't I'll listen, you, I don't listen not, to him.
2: I'll <laughs> assure you it's not raw. So I've you, been a convert, yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of really measure that. Does what the iPhone's profile in JPEG satisfy your need photographically for how you like to see pictures? Do they reduce the noise enough? Do they over sharpen the picture? You know, all of those things pl- uh, come into play here. What the screen is giving you that it wasn't giving you before is that it's giving you a truer picture from my understanding of what the colors in depth look like, you know, compared to what it was doing before because of screen not only resolution, but because of how the pixels are displaying those specifically, those specific colors and the, and the variance between one pixel and the other is much finer now with the wide color gamut than it was before. So, I don't know if that's a good enough explanation for what you're looking for, but it's, you know, the Apple phone hasn't gone to OLED screens yet. You know, they're still using LED technology. And so they're trying to suck as much out of that technology as they can by providing you this incredible resolution screen that, by the way, I believe I'm not mistaken in saying, it has an actual higher resolution than a 5K iMac, you know, and so it's 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 a pretty amazing screen, and so they're trying to give you the the truest resolution in color to that. Again, if you want to see the difference, shoot raw and take a look at at pictures side by side, and you're gonna very quickly be able to see exactly what Apple is doing to color saturation, to sharpness, to uh, noise reduction, and and, and those things become very apparent. Now we're shooting RAW, of course, comes into advantages that now you can control all of those parameters yourself and, in essence, create your own profile of how you like your pictures to come out.
1: So I just, one thing. I just oh. real quick, I just took a picture with a, a third-party app that supports RAW and then took the same picture with the iPhone's camera or the regular camera app. And you're right. The RAW one is super noisy.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're probably in a darker uh, space as well.
1: Yes. I, I purposely shot at something that has almost no light on it.
2: Perfect. That's where it's going to really show up. And Antonio mentioned that. But I think, Antonio, you said it, <laughs> compared to a lot of cameras that you owned in the past, even the raw is pretty darn amazing coming yeah, out of this and, camera.
3: Yeah, and you can process it in such a way that you can uh, you can reduce some of the noise, which I'm thinking the iPhone or any of the phones are are doing just built in. They're they're reducing some of those flaws in software. I, I don't want to say flaws; it's the wrong word. Just
2: some of those um,
3: artifacts. Oh, artifacts too they all sound like they're bad things they're just, and all cameras
2: you know, do it though, right antonio all, all cameras, cameras have a profile that do this to their yeah. liking you know that's how you can on a fuji get the look of xyz film right, you know right. and and so it's it, it's something that's being done everywhere when you shot when you shoot raw then you have this ability to all of a sudden really, really play with that. And I especially find raw pictures using the two times lens to really be so much more detailed. Uh, I mean, even compared to the one times lens, there's just so much more data there in a raw picture that comes through when you you know, do a raw picture in 2X and zoom in for detail. It's quite amazing.
3: Yeah, I did want to mention that um, my experience with viewing photographs on a phone uh, either the, the, ever since the, uh, retina screen phones came out, they've been getting better and better. My experience of, I, I prefer looking at pictures on my phone. Cause when I go back to my computer and I have my Dell monitor and I look at it and it's certainly not anything close to, to a retina, it is, um, it's a disappointment. And I only love to look at the pictures, the screen quality and the color quality. It's like, it's almost as if I had printed the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest I can get to, to an actual, like if I set up my Epson 3800 and print out a good print, that's the closest I can get with the, um, with the iPhone screen. So, um, it, it's become an experience. Like I only want to look at pictures now on my <laughs> iPad or my iPhone because of the, because of the quality of the screen. And I really wish I had a 24 inch monitor that was the same screen. And I'm sure if I, when I look at the seven, uh, I'll have even more of a, you know, desire to have a screen like that.
2: And The one thing that I do whenever I'm uh, in a development iOS session, if I'm doing it on the phone, you know, if I'm using one of the apps on the phone, is I always, always, always take my brightness and bring it down about 25% from wherever it was at before. And I find that to even enhance the my ability to edit better and to have those pictures, once I put them out there, be truer than if I, uh, you know, edit with a higher brightness on the phone.
1: Interesting. I... I... I don't usually bring the brightness down at all because the brighter the screen is, the more I can see because my pupils shrink when I uh, – you know, I want a smaller aperture so I get a deeper depth of field with my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we talked about how old we are. So when, <laughs> when you're talking about color gamut, I'm still going to keep picking at this. Color gamut, you're talking sure. about the display or is the color gamut what's being captured by the camera?
2: That What the display is showing you. I don't okay. care if it's in your icons. Or in your pictures or anything it's something it's a feature of the display, not the camera
1: oh okay right. okay
2: right now there's
3: there even even the the phones that we have and even some of the better uh monitors that we use cannot display all the possible colors that a even a camera phone can create uh there's so many possible colors I mean on a desktop, if you were to have a calibrated monitor that could could actually show. All the colors that you could possibly get, it would be incredibly expensive, and you probably your eye probably wouldn't even be able to notice it. So um, the 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 gamut is important up to a point. the The larger gamut, you're not going to at a certain point, you're not going to notice any difference um, as the as the gamut increases. Your eyes just can't see that many colors.
2: Okay, but, but Antonio, you, can't, you about... do
3: notice it when it shrinks. You do notice when the when the gamut gets smaller. But at a certain point, when it gets larger, it's not going to make any difference.
2: Because my understanding is that the the phone, the uh, the iPhone Seven, at least, it its color gamut is a one to one ratio, which is basically indistinguishable from perfect. You know, it's basically you are seeing the colors replicated as close to what, as what they were as you possibly can. And I I
3: I, I, <laughs> I I I'll I'll initially take um. That with a grain of salt, okay. Because be, that means because then it's somehow displaying billions and billions of colors. I don't even know if that is possible because that's what you can capture with an iPhone, especially if you're shooting in RAW. When you're shooting in RAW, you're capturing 16-bit color, which is a lot of colors. So yeah,
2: I can't, I just imagine, up the,
3: a... I can't imagine the screen would actually be showing that much. It would for that price. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not true. It's just it's making me squint a little
2: (laughs) i looked up an article right now nine to five talking about gamut and it talks that the color accuracy is called one-to-one jncd which is an industry standard for uh for color gamut and uh, i'm sure if you guys google that it'll tell you exactly what that industry standard is as far as you know accuracy that they're trying to meet with that standard
1: we seem to keep okay. getting into math here. <laughs> yeah, it's all about math. <laughs> all it is is pixels. yeah. So, Mark, uh, you also made happy noises when we brought up the raw subject. Are you shooting raw with the uh, with the iPhone camera now?
0: I'm experimenting with it. I think that uh, so I'll, I'll answer that first. Uh, obviously, you need to have a an application other than the than the uh, native camera app, and I'm using uh, Pro Camera, which I. Th- think was about three dollars and i tried a couple different ones and that was the one that was the the easiest for me to use and most like a camera saying that what's it called it again pro camera just pro camera okay yeah yep. pro
3: cam or pro camera because i have one that's called pro cam it's,
0: it's called, called pro, Raw. it's called pro camera okay yeah
3: oh I yeah yeah all right there's two of them mm-hmm. there's one called there is one called pro cam no era at the end of it's also just raw. Sorry. We're gonna
2: get about six really good apps out of this for you. Or, okay, or raw.
0: <laughs> so that's why I let but, Mark go first. <laughs> see, so, but but so I've been ex- what I was gonna say is I've been experimenting with it uh, because I know I can do it. So first thing I had to do was find an application that I liked that I thought would work, and that's the one that I kind of settled on. But it still has a lot of the functions of a DSLR in the sense of being able to make the adjustments uh, of exposure or whatever. And so it gets more complicated. Then you have to take it into a application to edit. And there's a lot of those available both for the phone and the iPad. And I have been experimenting with those on the iPad, uh, using Lightroom, using Snapseed, um, and the results are really good. The problem is, and this goes back to my to sort of my original answer on why I was using the phone more, and that is that it's so convenient. Well, it's not convenient, but at least I don't think, and, and I've only been experimenting for the month or so that iOS 10 has been out. It's not convenient to shoot raw on the iPhone. Um, so the results are really good, but it's a lot of work. And that sort of defeats the purpose of why I'm shooting with my phone anyway. That's my opinion. So, so I've been I doing agree it. With that, yeah. yeah, I've been doing it and I and I enjoy the results. I'm just not sure it's worth the trouble. I mean, if I'm going to go through that much trouble, I'll maybe I'll pull out the DSLR and shoot with I'm certainly not going to shoot my grandkids in raw or or the uh birthday party or uh when I'm, you know, wandering down the street and I see something real quick, it's you know, I'm not going to take that kind of time.
3: So, I I I agree with you on thousand percent
0: and it's not
3: appropriate for those pictures but i've taken i was thinking for you landscapes yeah um and i've taken some quote-unquote you know urban landscapes of some building shots with the raw files uh built into the uh into ios ios 10 and it's been a lot of fun to play with those it does defeat the purpose because you're right you wanted the idea of the camera is to be convenient and take the shot but for that moment when i don't have my my Fuji hanging around my neck and I want to take a shot that I want to, that I'm looking at, I'm looking up at this building at at dusk and it looks really nice. And the sky is blue and there are these wispy clouds. And I know that the file straight from the camera is not going to look good enough. And I'm, you know, I might want to tweak it while I'm on the train ride home. I was shooting raw and it was playing with it. It was a lot of fun and it was, I was surprised by the results. So I'm glad they give it to us because the raw data has always been there on the camera.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with that Antonio and I, you know, I've only been doing it a month and certainly haven't had a lot of opportunities yet to try it. I, I think the the big thing is that we now have that ability it's in our pockets. So maybe a shot that I, when, when I didn't have my DSLR with me, but I saw a shot that I really wanted and had the phone, uh, in the past, you might go buy it because you say, well, you know, the phone's just not going to, get a good enough quality shot. Now I might be encouraged to go ahead and go through the effort of shooting it in RAW and editing it in in my editing software of choice or whatever. So I don't want to say that I'm unhappy or disappointed with what they've done because I think it's great that we have that ability and that there are apps that make it possible. I'm just answering more directly to the question. I don't know how much I'll be doing that on the phone. Hmm. So Victor...
1: You've got mm-hmm. a giant list of things you've been uh, experimenting with, with uh, camera apps?
2: Well, I don't know about a giant list. I only have two camera apps. And, uh, you know, the, the advantages and disadvantages that we're talking about here are real. And it's all about finding the right tool. And, and I think so that the developers are ramping up their, their uh, camera apps to be able to, you know, do what they can with this RAW. So the two that I'm using, uh, one is called Manual. And as it says, I've been using manual for a long time before we shot raw because it gives you the ability to you know truly do everything that you want to do manually ISO white balance whatever it is that you want to do you you can do that and it, it, with manual when the i77 first came out they weren't support, uh, supporting the 2x lens now they are so you can shoot a 28 millimeter at 56 millimeter but it's important to note that any of these camera apps that are shooting raw. If you have the 7 Plus, you cannot zoom in when you're using the RAW feature. Yeah, why is that? I just
1: tried and it didn't work. Why is that? Because
2: in software, Apple, when you're shooting JPEG, they are doing that transition between the two lenses in software. And it's a software transition between, you know, 1x and 2x. But in in when you do raw, you you're taking away the software equation, so it's one or the other, you know. And so well, that's. Can you that's switch just, lenses? Uh, oh yes, you can. Both uh, this uh, manual application, you can switch between the one x and two x. You just can't have one point five or two point nine. You know, it's okay. it's like having it's like having a camera that you're shooting primes you're basically shooting with two primes, a 28 or a 56. So think about it that way, and then you'll get over that part of it. So manual is a very good application. Uh, It lets you, you know, it's like anything else. Once you get muscle memory to using these applications, they can be as easy to use as the other camera app. It's just you just have to have that muscle memory to do it. Now, the second application I'm gonna tell you about is called ProShot. I think it's $4. And now this app, it's the same thing. It lets you control your camera either automatically or manually. And like manual, um, you can shoot in RAW in JPEG or RAW plus JPEG, which is a really cool feature, which lets you shoot both. Again, your Zoom will not be available, but at least now you've got Apple's profile in one picture, and RAW so you can go play with it later. And in ProShot, it has a bunch of nearly neat features. It's the closest UI that I have found to a traditional camera where you have a, a, you know, a knob to go between uh, program mode or auto mode or manual mode uh, and and another one to change ISO. It's very close to that. And it's got an S1 and S2 feature so that if you have some settings that you want to go to quickly at any time, you can save those. Hey, I really always like to shoot, you know, at uh, shutter speed, whatever, one, two, fiftieth, you know, at ISO 800 when I'm outside, whatever it happens to be. You can save that as a setting. So as soon as you open the app, you turn the little digital knob into S1, and now you can just use it like a point and shoot, you know. So that's a really neat uh, feature about ProShot. And the other feature that ProShot has that I just love is it has life. Uh, it has uh, light trails. So if you're shooting at night, you can actually produce light trails from cars and it'll actually show them to you in real time as you're taking the picture which is magic to me, you know, so you can actually see what that's going to look like. Uh, It's got the ability to do a bracketing for HDR. You can set your bracket at a third step or one uh, step or two steps. So a lot of features for uh, very little money on that particular app. What both of these apps don't do, and I don't think any app can do, is because the iPhone camera um, the aperture is fixed on the iPhone camera, so that means that, like DSLRs, we can't have that nice soft background. That's why they're going to do that in software, and because of that, you can't uh, set basically your f-stop on any of these applications. You know, you, so you have to learn how to adjust your exposure using your ISO. Using your shutter speed, et cetera. Uh, and so that's just something to take into consideration. That you know, I don't, bl- no app is going to give you that because Apple hasn't made it available because it has a fixed, you know, a value when it comes, you know, the the 28 millimeter camera I think is 2.0 F2.0, and I think it's F1.8 for the 56 millimeter, and that's it. So we can't we can't open and sh- and shut uh, an aperture like we can with with the SLRs. Hence, why we can't get that depth to field uh, look.
1: I love hearing you describe these because either I've talked to you about this before and forgot, or you're recommending stuff somebody else told me about, because I already have uh, ProShot and manual on my camera. I, and I didn't know in ProShot that you could do RAW plus JPEG, and I didn't know you could store settings either. But I'm afraid I'm a little bit like Mark, where I get these apps and I play with them and go, wow, that's really cool. And then, oh, look, there's my dog. Camera button. <laughs> right and, and i think
2: that the solution to that is to move your camera application out of the way dedicate yourself to what up to something like pro Shot, and learn how to use the darn thing you yeah. know and and, and 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 save your favorite settings i mean you know you, antonio will tell you you know manually speaking you can set something at two fiftieth, 400 ISO, so and most of the time that's going to get you close to what you want and so you just have to have that muscle memory develop and we just tend not to because apple's Like I said before, they've made it so easy for us to use the quote-unquote regular app. I wish they would give us the ability to shoot raw plus JPEG in the regular photo app.
0: Um, Do you think the reason they don't do that though is is the simplicity that we're talking about that they don't want to? Because a raw image, if you if you don't know how to process it, a raw image isn't going to be very good. And their whole philosophy is make it quick and simple and the best image possible for the majority of people. So let's not let's not muddy up the water by throwing raw images into our standard camera app.
2: I agree. That's why they're doing it. But the same reason that they, the way that they can hide the 4k option deep in the settings so that you can turn it on. If you want it, they could essentially do the same thing for advanced users uh, to use raw plus JPEG.
1: You know what though, Victor, I I think maybe the, they kind of do these things one way. And then in another app, they do them the other way. Uh, If you look at the photos app, for example, Most people looked at photos and went, well, that's stupid. It can't do anything. And it's because they didn't reveal a lot of the features that were in there, that if you start poking menus and keep your eye out for little little downward chevrons, all of a sudden you realize you have a lot more control than you, you thought you did. Now, it may still not be as advanced as what you need, but there they did put a lot of advanced capability. I mean, white balance adjustments in there, for example, and nobody can see yes. it because it's not there. Yes. it's not visible. So on the one hand, in some apps, they bury it so you can't find it. So you think it can't do it, but in this case, they said, "Okay, we just won't give it to them at all." But hey, look, here's the App Store. Type in camera, see what happens.
2: Right, right. It's just like Antonio said. It, it was doing it all along. It's nice to be able to have the flexibility for nerds who want to play with it. That's all.
3: <laughs> no, and you, we all know that. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I don't know if uh, we all know that the Lightroom app also can shoot RAW. By the exactly, way, exactly. Yes. Wait, you can Light, shoot yeah. with Lightroom. Yep. Oh, you can yes. shoot with Lightroom, and, and it brings it in as a, a DNG file. So mm-hmm. that's the uh, RAW file that I believe that uh, Apple's using, the, yeah. the process. And um, it goes right into the Lightroom app, and you can process the RAW right in there.
2: Yeah, I process so, all my RAW in Snapseed for the most part. That's what I use to process RAW because I just love that
0: app. And I used the Lightroom app to shoot with when I was trying it, but what I didn't li- what I didn't like was you didn't have or at least I couldn't find control over which lens you were going to use. And like pro camera actually gives you a <laughs> setting that you can choose which lens you're gonna use, the white or the tello. So that it you just need to experiment and find one that you like. Right.
1: So um Did we already talk about after focus, Victor? Did you just talk about that one?
2: No, let me mention after focus. Because it's an afterthought, after all. (laughs) I was talking about the camera's inability to shoot depth of field. There's a a nice little 99 cent application called After Focus that lets you recreate recreate in software, you know, that soft look in the background, you know, and it does it with traditional uh, methods of of blurring uh, the background. And you you basically take a picture, and then you can do an outline for the foreground, and and it's doing through software. It does a pretty good job. You have to kind of be You know, kind of tedious about using your finger and and drawing the outline, but it's kind of fun and it will get you that look. And it's really like I said, it's a fun way to simulate that blur. Again, if you're not going to have, you know, the camera that sort of be able to do even what Apple is doing, this is doing it through more, you know, traditional uh, methods of that have been around forever (laughs) through filters and cetera. So is that is that my,
0: application Oh good. I, I was gonna say is that application only gonna be good for about two weeks when, when Portrait Road <laughs> comes out? Because that no, is, I, isn't isn't that what Portrait Road so. is doing uh, in the background, is figuring is layering, figuring out what's close and what's far, and then doing that math? But that's only for the seven, but seven plus. What about all the seven owners
1: and six S's and sixes? Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. And the way that Apple is doing it is much,
2: much more uh, complex than what this 99 cent application is doing. You know, Apple is looking at the different points in the focal plane, in, in the actual depth of the focal plane mathematically. There's math again, and they're actually (laughs) applying, you know, different levels of blur. They're not just simply taking a Gaussian blur like probably this thing is doing and applying it widely to the whole area. They're actually doing a gradiated way of being able to apply the appropriate blur, and as a matter of fact, they've stated that indeed it is not just a Gaussian blur, that the math that they're doing really does depend more on, you know, where in the picture this depth is, how accurately you can detect those outline, which in after focus, you know, you have to do manually. You're not going to get the same effect, but you can get Real close, again, for Facebook, for Pinterest. My goodness, you can make a a decent picture look really cool by, you know, doing this little uh, blur trick for a dollar.
1: This looks like it would be fun. Uh, It it also works in the iPad. I'm picturing in the iPad Pro with a pencil. you could have a lot of fun with this.
2: I haven't played with it in the iPad Pro, but good idea. Totally, because you can get really down to the pixel level on that. Uh, you know, it's just great for 99 cents. Uh, you know, play with it. It even less, it has one feature where it'll take two two pictures. So let's say I'm taking a picture of a bottle, and it'll take a picture of the bottle, and then it'll have you move the camera one centimeter to take a second picture of the background. And then you you take the two pictures, and you align them together. And then it intelligently, you know, separates the background from the foreground, and it does a pretty good job. Again, you know, with not uh, not a lot of work, uh, good enough results for mortals. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It can, Costs can, a whole dollar. Yeah, no, uh, waste that kind of money.
3: <laughs> I'd I like to talk about the elephant in the room there, though. Oh, um, I think Alan. Well, because I think when you uh, ask to for us to be on the show we're talking about like whether or not it's going to uh, replace your dslr and that's the one thing that a camera phone i said big girl is, camera actually big camera big girl camera. <laughs> all right well uh cell phone uh iphones google phones whatever are never going to be able to replace that in terms of what we're talking about right now and uh in in um, depth of field and, and shallow nope. depth of field and whatnot nope because the sensor is always going to be too small for that to actually happen Uh, we like victor said before we have no control over the aperture and if they had to make an aperture it'd be a really interesting engineering feat to have this little teeny tiny thing that opened and closed Um, and the sensor is just way too small for us to get any kind of significant uh shallow depth of field so we're left to this frankenstein thing of using software to uh, recreate uh what is essentially um uh, an optical effect, and for me as a photographer i mean i I appreciate what apple's doing, and i haven 't seen the actual pictures from the from the new camera um to to study them myself but um as a photographer it it there's this part of me that just cringes every time I see a software um depth of field effect and mm-hmm. i I know that it 's not real. I know that it's it's something that's covering up a background, and it's and it's it's effective sometimes, but I know
1: that it's fake. But, and, but remember with the with the iPhone seven plus and the two cameras, can't they actually be using parallax, which is how you would know the depth? And so it's it's perhaps it's, it's doing still a in software, software. It's, 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 it's a software, software parallax. simulation. I understand that. Software parallax. But I am it's, betting, and and I'm going to make a note, Bart, when you listen to the show, make a note to have uh, Antonio on here, say, two years from now and have meet his words. I'm betting that we will get to the point where we can't tell the difference, and so does it matter?
3: Allison, it's it's not a matter of telling the difference. I mean, you can probably show it to me, and I—, I you know, in a blind taste test. And mm-hmm. I right. may not, I may, my eyes may not be good enough to notice the difference. But once I'm fi- finding out that it's a camera, it is, it is fake. It is not real. And that's but the does one thing matter? that- we'll, It does matter because it's yeah. not, if you actually look, well, yeah, it does matter.
2: Yeah, I, if you really look at it, I mean, if you look at Bulk from, you know, uh, a, a 50 millimeter prime on a Nikon camera and compared to what the iPhone is doing, and you'll instantly be able to tell, yes, tell the difference. also it's, it's, He it's said also about, never.
1: He said never. Well, n-
2: n- No. Infinite, I, right. Infinite scale, it, right? Never infinite scale. Come
3: on. Well, it will never be able to unless they put a one-inch sensor or a half-inch sensor into a, into a camera. Know. You won't – no, you can't. It's, I, I it's agree. Physics.
2: It's physics. It will not happen. You, it can't. Happen. You are actually running into physics because you you ha- you have <laughs> to have multiple lens elements to be able to create the kind of parallax that's being created. You know, with a traditional DSLR lens. You know, I well, mean, wait, so wait. it is it is uh, physics. It's not so just I, the a DSLR it's, lens,
1: it's the lens. Just to be car- to correct here. A DSLR lens can't do parallax. It's only that's only one lens. Parallax is when you have two points of view. So I agree. It's, okay, it, not that. But but you're, what you're I'm correct. I'm saying is. It will al- – we will always – where we can refer to doing it in software as fake, but I contend that inside of two years, there will be uh, imagery taken and done in software, fake bokeh, that we – none of us on this panel would be able to tell. Well, we'll all be old and blind by then. But OK, our younger selves would not be able to tell the difference. In two years? It's, 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 yeah. Well –
2: I'll take that bet for two years. I'll, I'll take bet you bet $50. $50 put, that any 50 professional photographer, <laughs> that Antonio Rosario, professional photographer, <laughs> yeah. in two years, will still be able to feel the difference between a software
3: You know, at a, the beginning a, of this, he said he
1: couldn't tell now, right? You heard him say that? No, I didn't say I couldn't
3: tell. I said, if you put it down there, I may not be able to. I may not be able right. to. Uh, that's not saying I couldn't tell. Okay. I, you may well, no, because today... we, haven't, we haven't done it, but if you want to set up it, if you do it and you set it up and you put it online, I'll, I'll, I'll take that challenge.
1: Yeah, we, today I don't but know that I have the technical it, skills to to build yeah, both, you know, I've got the gear, but whether I could do it or not. Yeah, <laughs> but again, What's wonderful is, is that
3: it's a, it's a, you know, bokeh is one thing, that's, that's the effect of what the depth of field looks like in the background, but I, what I'm talking about is a, an actual shallow depth of field. Mm-hmm. So if I take a picture, Allison, of you, and I focus on your eyes only, your nose is out of focus and your ears out of focus, Software is not going to be able to replicate that. They're just pixels. It's not. A, it's not a matter of just pixels. It's a matter of where the camera, where the lens is focused. Okay? I, I understand that, so but you could replicate
1: nah, I don't, in I, software I, I, that exact I'm image. I'm going to say no. It, uh, once the image is created, there is an end state that you could replicate, pixel by pixel. You could do it. Now, t- maybe nope. Nope. can't be, cannot be done. <laughs> The other thing, well, well, it's just thing, infinite
2: time scale Infinite timescale, infinite It can definitely to. be done.
1: If, infinite infinite timescale, right but two years.
2: Now is, yeah.
3: Now, the thing we're restricted to right now is that the lenses are wide lenses. Even the, the quote-unquote two times lens on the seven plus, is is not still wide. Very telephoto. It's still a right. wide lens. Mm-hmm. In order to get a really nice shallow depth of field, generally, and we do this at switch and Manual, we tell people why you use a wide angle lens and why you use a telephoto lens. Mm-hmm. You're using, we used to call a portrait lens uh, in the days of film, was about a 105 millimeter lens on a 35 millimeter equivalent camera. That's what we were using. Mm-hmm. 105, 135, and a 180. Those were the general lenses that you use for portrait lenses. For us to get, I mean, there may be some point that they miniaturize lenses that you can get the equivalent of a 180-millimeter lens on an iPhone. It's going to be sometime in the future, I'm sure. But that's going to be the kind of lens that you need in order to get a shallow depth of field. Wide-angle lenses just don't naturally give you depth of field. So what's going to be the tell for me is that you present me a picture that shows a portrait of somebody that looks wide-angle, but it's got depth of field. I'm going to tell you that's the fake because it just can't be done. It can be simulated. It can be painted. It can be filtered. But when I see a compressed picture, which is what telephoto gives you, that's right. When you look through binoculars, you know you get that kind of. Oh, I
1: okay, I see what you're saying. You're you're saying, saying, okay. I just gave away my tell because
3: I. That's how I'm going to be able to tell that it's a fake.
1: You're saying optically it would it would look different because of the because of the depth of field. Exactly. So that's how I'm going to tell. And yeah, why- you might, you might, uh, you might have me on that. That's, that's they may different.
2: be able to, to duplicate the bokeh feel, but in order right. to get the background elements to appear to be the right larger size. than they actually are, yeah. which is what you get when you when you have compression
1: through a big lens, that one's a little tougher because you need
2: physics. You know, I mean, actually, that's why- I'm going
1: to try to find a link. Uh, Bart did a spectacular piece on uh, Chichat across the pond with me years ago, where he took a bunch of pictures where the subject was the same size. And he was zooming with his feet and with the zoom and using different lenses, and he showed how the background was just completely different, but the subject was this statue and looked the same. I'm sure yeah, he's you, he's yelling into yeah. his uh, into his uh, iPhone right now as he's listening. But see, now. I just
3: gave away the secret because that's when he said, you know, five years and if I can tell, that's how I'll be able to tell. I can okay. tell by I, just looking at a picture what kind of lens you used. I was just talking bokeh. I was just I was just talking bokeh. Is a bokeh is an aesthetic aesthetic. Appearance of what the depth of yeah. field is. It's not a, and I, you know what? When I went to photo school and in the photo business and the world that I worked in, I have never heard that word. That's that's a word that came from someplace, and that's another rant for another time. Uh, <laughs> bokeh to me is like, what, what what do you call bokeh? I call it the out of focus part. What does it look like? You know, um. So to me, that's an aesthetic of a lens, mm-hmm. uh, and every lens looks different um, because of the aperture and because of the elements in the lens. But that's aside from depth of field. Depth of field is across all lenses, and you, you know they, there's a certain range that a picture will be in focus and not in focus. And you'll be you'll be what happy it looks to know like when it's out of focus is is that's irrelevant. That's that's a. That's what bokeh is. It's irrelevant, and that's that's up to someone else to decide when they're buying a lens. <laughs>
1: you, you'll be happy it, to know. I just looked up uh, bokeh on, on Google. Its origin is Japanese, and they've Japanese. got a graph of when the word was used as a function of time. And it looks like to maybe around the year 2000 is when it came into existence. So uh, you're, you're right to say, I don't remember that word being there. Yeah,
2: it, well, Doesn't it, it mean bloom or something like that in Japanese? I don't know. I think it means
3: beautiful, beautiful parts or soft. I don't know. But uh, you won't hear that even in like, I don't think you'll hear that in professional photo world. You don't hear photographers uh, talking to their clients about the bokeh behind the picture when they're presenting the shot of the Lamborghini that they just photographed. So anyway, that's me being a stuff stuffy uh, (laughs) get (laughs) off my lawn. I I can can own up to that because I've been doing this for, you know, since I've been 12 years old. So
2: all of that being said, I think it's, Awesome that Apple, and I think specifically Phil Schiller because he's such an enthusiast of photography, has challenged that team to, you know, get this camera to be as close to a DSLR experience as possible. I think that's great. I think they'll achieve so much of it with software and that general consumers and us will be very happy in two years. There, I won't make a bet with you, whether (laughs) Antonio will be able to tell it's Boca or not or real or not. That one, I'll make a bet with you.
0: And I thought it was great that they were so realistic in the way that they presented this. So we I'm sitting back here listening to the debate between the engineer and the artist over (laughs) over what 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 this is going to do. But as a person who just uses the phone, I thought it was great when they presented it. And when Phil Schiller said, look, we know this. You're not going to replace your DSLR. But we know people carry this phone with them all the time. They take millions and millions of pictures. Let's make it the best experience possible. So we challenged the team to do that and came up with you know, with this portrait mode. So I, I think they were really honest about what they were presenting and why they were doing it. And instead of the debate of... You know, is it is it ever going to be a DSLR? They basically said, look, they're basically acknowledging what Antonio said. Look, there's physics involved here that we can't stuff into this phone, but we're going to do the best we can with the software and the processing um, to give you a really great experience. And and I think they are doing that. And I can't wait to get my hands on the portrait mode uh, software.
1: Well I think that's a I think that's a good place for us to start uh winding up uh before we get out of a fist fight of math versus uh <laughs> versus art. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is this has been really, really fun. I got a lot of my questions answered. Um, I did want to point out that uh, Victor and uh, and uh, both the other guys both all gave us a lot of great ideas for apps. And I don't think there was anything on there that was more than, say, seven, eight bucks, uh, with the exception, of course, of Lightroom, uh, which they will pretend to you is free, but <clears throat> cost a yearly fee. Build monthly. Anyway, uh, I did. Uh, I wanted to make sure everybody knew that so they didn't think we were recommending a bunch of apps that are gonna gonna break the bank. You can probably buy them all for under twenty five bucks and 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 be good with that. So I am gonna uh, wind us back out. Let's uh, see if I can remember reverse order. Uh, let's start with uh, Mark Poli.
0: I don't know if you're last, but let's start there. Mark, where can people find your work? People can find my work at TwinLakesImages.com. dot com. That's my portfolio. I. Do a little bit of blogging over there. And then on uh, Twitter, I am T-L-I underscore Mark. Great. Thanks a lot. And uh, let's see. Let's go Antonio next.
3: Yes. uh, You can find me everywhere at AM Rosario. So Twitter, Flickr, my website, amrosario.com. Instagram, AM Rosario. Twitter, AM Rosario. But I'm part of the uh, Switch to Manual team. Uh, Me and Tom Martinez do our Switch to Manual podcast, the Street Shots podcast. So go to com and check out our podcast and all the stuff that we do there. And uh, we argue back and forth too a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, very, very good. All right, Victor Cahill.
2: Well, you can find me on Twitter, Victor, and then C-A-J-I-A-O. And, and I'm going to pimp something that I have out there. It's called ReflectionsMusicServices.com, uh, and that is my music services. If you need original music written, recording and mixing, post-production work, audio work of any so- uh, source, if you need voiceover, musician contracting, uh, we do all of that, and we'll get it done for you. So let me pimp that. And then my podcast is at Terratech.tech.
1: Great. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, I have a lovely little jingle called uh, For My Dumb Question Corner music uh, it, that uh, Victor wrote for us. And uh, I use that as often as I can. And I always smile when I hear your voice in that, uh, in that little jingle you made us. <laughs> so uh, my name is Allison Sheridan, and I do the No Silicast, which is a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. I don't know if you picked up on that. And I also do a series called Chit Chat Across the Pond, which is just an interview with people I find interesting. Every other, their week it is Bart Bouchotts talking about something super nerdy and geeky like programming by stealth and the other every other week it's something a little lighter and, uh, and a little less uh, propeller beanie so thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll uh, hand the ropes back to Bart next time
0: I thought their explanation of it was a little bit weak. A little bit weak. (laughs) (laughs) Just shut up. They said they have a vision. Oh, okay. Or if I'm in my car
2: and the music just wirelessly stops working for no freaking reason, I got to reboot the phone. I'm so ticked off about it. It it was a piece of junk, and no one bought it. I did. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, now you got two of them that are going to fall out of your ear. However good they are, the price is pretty hard to stomach. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. 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 What the hell's
3: going on? Their their vision is also
0: profit margin. Shove them as
3: far into your ears you. TechFam Podcast.